With our new sponsor, Let's Get Checked, you can save 20% using the code WILDLOVE. Go to www.trylgc.com slash wildlove to save 20%. Knowing your hormones and where they stand is extremely important. It comes with your libido, with your energy, and just with your overall health. I'm always super interested in where my hormones are at, specifically because I'm a woman, but also my men out there, you guys got to know where your hormones are at. And that's why we are now partnered with Let's Get Checked. What's great about Let's Get Checked is basically you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is go online. They'll deliver your test to you. You collect the sample. They are going to review your results in two to five days. From there, you get a consultation with a nurse and you can get a prescription and from your favorite pharmacy. So this is like the most amazing and easiest way to find out, you know, what's going on. And you get to avoid some of the uncomfortable office visits. Sometimes it can be awkward. I feel you on that. It's been awkward for me before. So this one that I specifically want to talk to is about my men out there. You know, I love you. Always will. But let's get your hormones checked. What they offer, Let's Get Checked, offers a male hormone advanced test, which is four different male hormones tests. You get free androgen index, estradiol, and prolactin. So find out all of this, particularly now. Look, we can't leave the house anyways. So head over to www.trylgc.com slash wild love. And let me say that again for you. www.trylgc.com slash wild love. And you guys get 20% off. Okay, guys, real talk. Sweet Vibes has been with us from day one, and we wouldn't be able to have this podcast or bring you these awesome guests if we didn't have amazing sponsors like them. So first, let me just say, go to www.sweetvibe.toys and enter the code WILDLOVE to get your discount co code on all of the amazing vibrators and sex toys. I mean, who doesn't love to have an orgasm? It can be a part of your self-care every single day. You know, wake up, have an orgasm, have a great day, have your coffee. My favorite product right now is the Perfect Match. I mean, it's flexible. It has 10 powerful settings. All of these are under $50. They come in really cool colors. So make sure you check them out and, you know, support this podcast, support our sponsors, and we'll keep bringing you great content. Okay, guys, this is a pretty special podcast because I am sitting down solo with one of my very best friends, Caitlin Howe. Wednesday is in quarantine and she has a whole lot of awesome deadlines coming up for a book and an article. And so keep an eye out for those. We'll definitely post about them when she releases them. But today it's just me and my girl, Caitlin Howe. So maybe you guys know, maybe you don't know, but Caitlin is Aubrey's ex fiance and me and Aubrey started dating pretty quickly. In fact, only a couple months after they split up. And now me and Caitlin are best of friends, sisters, allies within this life. And we talk about the entire arc of our relationship and a lot of the challenges, a lot of the lessons, and even a lot of the practices that we've used to, um, you know, really become sisters in this life. It's hard. It's not easy. That's for sure. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and you can get inspired to um, bring more love and expansion into your life. Also, if you are interested in following Caitlin, you can follow her on Instagram at Caitlin Howe underscore. Much love, guys. Yay, we're rolling. And I'm not in the drug way. 
Sorry. I just, I did not sleep at all last night. I went to sleep at like 4 a.m. I got sucked into a Netflix show called, what is it called? Good, Feel Good or something. Okay. And I couldn't stop watching it. And now here I am four hours later, five hours later, like a zombie. Well, the good thing is you and I have plenty of experience hanging out when we're tired oh and we didn't God. get enough sleep. We absolutely do. <laughs> and I'm sitting here with one of my very best, best friends that everyone's like, why the fuck are you guys friends? Yeah. <laughs> because of our history. And I've been dying to do this podcast. I've been dying to have you on the show so we could just fully, you know, talk about the the transformation and the expansion and contraction and expansion of our relationship mm-hmm. um, because of just our history in general. Yeah. I think we both get a lot of questions from people that's like, how do you do it? How can you be friends with your ex for one? And how can you be friends with your ex's girlfriend or fiance or ex now, you know, <laughs> right. or whatever. Like we've been through the beautiful thing about our relationship with its ups and downs as we've been through almost like totally different little lifetimes of it mm-hmm. in the same span of it's been like eight years, right. you know, and not all of it was felt like friendship. But when we look at the whole history, it's like, it's been a journey and we've had so many different ways we've tried to describe our relationship. You know, first it's like, oh, I'm cool with hanging out with my, my ex, for me, like cool with hanging out with my ex's girlfriend. And yeah. then it became like, no, this is my friend. And yeah. now it's like, this is my best fucking friend and nothing <laughs> comes between us anymore. Uh-uh. It's so cool. It really is cool. I mean, I've always, I've done a pretty good job. I've always been being friends with my exes. But, you know, I talk about this a lot on the show is that I've uh, I've always been super jealous in my past relationships. So like being friends with my boyfriend's ex is like, nah, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't even look over here. Like, you do not exist in my reality. In my reality, you're not a part of this, okay? Goodbye. But that was just, like, not how it was. So just to give, like, a little backstory, Caitlin, well, you can tell them. Like, you were with yeah. Aubrey. The nice thing about doing this show is we get to both share our perspective, yeah. which is really... Uh, really fun because and I think it's too, rare. Also, is that we haven't. I mean, we've talked about this before, and we've done like you know we want to have our own little talk show with our other girlfriends and stuff, but we've never like really dove into it yeah. with one another. So this is like the first time. You guys are getting exclusive content right here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Get ready. It's juicy. Now, for me, I was so I was engaged to Aubrey Marcus for a couple of years. Um, and we were dating for five to six years or so, lived together, the whole shebang. And um, we ended up splitting and he and Whitney got together really quick. And it was a big, like a radical change in my life. And it was super hard for me. Like I yeah. was, you know, I was, I mean, it was, a, it was an engagement. It was devastating, even though there were things we aligned to on, um, he and I, like, it was like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's take some space. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, what the fuck? You guys live together? And like, ah, no, wait a minute. So I really want to talk about that today, too. Just, like, the psychology that happens when your ex or your partner gets with a new person. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait, I still want you. Right. I, You forget all the things that, like, were your reasons and your ownership for the breakup usually because mm-hmm. you get fixated on the jealousy and the loss and it feels like, oh no, that's mine. Right. So I totally went through that. Um, 
and had my own my own jealousies and feelings about just like uh comparison, right? You know, she's younger than me. She's totally Miss United States, you know, like it was <laughs> I went through all the the most like uh look at her butt, you know. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. Um <laughs> So that, so for me, it was too much to handle at first. And a lot of people see our relationship now and they think, wow, how do you guys do it? Uh, it wasn't all fucking sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, no, it took for so sure. much work for sure. <laughs> and like, and I think the, the other thing is that we've done a lot of like, you know, self work and plant mm-hmm. medicine work that helped that along. Like I can't imagine where we would be if we didn't have those modalities to, or those technologies to kind of like help us navigate Absolutely. all of that. But then so... So then so going back, side, I want to hear, what was it like for you? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm going through this. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Whitney's having a blossoming new relationship. But yeah, there's the ex-girlfriend. The ex-girlfriend. <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of crazy because I met Ob um, and like Caitlin said, and he was just freshly out of a relationship. I remember we went to lunch um, and he mentioned that you guys had split up. And I was like, What? Oh my God, like I'm so sorry. And at that time, I he tells a different story. But we at that all time, got a story. right, exactly. <laughs> at that time, I I was in a relationship. I wasn't really interested in having a relationship with it. Like that wasn't in my head, really. Yeah. Like I and I also like I found him attractive, but it was just I didn't, I don't know, for some reason I just didn't go there. Maybe it's just because he was just to me, he was so off limits. And I was 22 or 21 yeah. at the time, and he's what, 30 or 29, 30, something like that. Completely different worlds, basically. <clears throat> so from there, I don't know where the turning point was, to be honest. I guess we went to California um, to do like some photo shoot or something. And then for that's on when it, it yeah. for on it. Yeah. And that's when it started to be like, oh, wait a minute. There's kind of something here, but I'm still in a relationship. I still have a boyfriend and you're coming out of your relationship or whatever the fuck you're doing. Like we didn't really talk about it that much. You know, I just knew in my mind that you guys had split up and that's it. That's like all I knew. Um, And so we come back and I, I think probably within maybe three or four months from that, I had moved in with him. And that was, it was super fast. Like, kind of crazy fast, actually. And I had never lived with another man before. I had my best friend, Sarah, like live in my apartment and keep all of my furniture and stuff just in case it like totally went to shit. Smart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And so I moved in. But like throughout this time, um, there was the ex, right? There was you. And I remember like looking at his phone and seeing if you were texting him and what you guys were saying and like what the deal was because I felt like I wasn't getting the full story, which is totally normal in situations like that. You and know what I mean? that's what our minds do too. Like God. no matter what. No matter what. Even if what? it's clean, it's like the mind spins out all the stories in all directions. And yeah. that was happening for both of us. And I remember like some of your friends hitting me up and being like, you better not see me on the streets and like all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you giving We've grown a lot since then. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, holy shit balls. Um, It was drama. It was drama, but it's like, I get it. You know, like, I don't think there was ever a moment that I was like, this, this bitch, like she's just being fucking crazy. Like I probably thought you were being crazy, but at the same time, I moved in with your fiance three months after you guys had split up. Like, yeah, it was, 
that's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was, it was really hard for me. Um, I was, it's actually really funny that we're doing this show today because I was going through some photos with a couple friends last night. Um, we had like a dinner night and I, I found this, these old like notes that I'd written, you know, right, right around this time. This was 2012. So it's been a long time and it's crazy. It's like reading from an old, wow, from an old lifetime. So it's really aligned with the fact that we're having this conversation, but it's easy to forget now that things are so good between us, how mm -hmm. hard it was really. And you know, I think for a lot of people listening, like it's so incomprehensible because it has been so long. And when you first get in a, get out of a relationship, even if you're really at peace with it and your partner has an, your ex has a new partner, it's hard no matter what. Right. So that's super normal, you know? Right. And I went through my, I moved away. I lived in Vegas for four years. And I, looking back, like I recognize how differently I would have managed this as the person I am now, but I can't be like judgmental of the way that I managed it at that time, because that's just where I was in my own journey and in my life and in my willingness to, you know, I felt like I couldn't even be in Austin. Yeah. I just needed a full new escape life. I was running. Yeah. I was like, um, I actually watched, you watched the show last night. I watched Lemonade, the Beyonce, the oh, Beyonce's yes. visual album. And it was really, um, it's a beautiful depiction of the stages of grief. Mm -hmm. And when we lose a relationship, it's it feels like a death. You know, you have to kind of process it like when, whether you're willing to consciously or not, your psyche is going to right. do that. And so for a while, I was in the denial phase, which is like the first phase. And it's like, this isn't happening. We're going to get back together. And, right. like, and then you guys got together and I was like, oh, fuck, this is happening. And it's over. And now I have to, and it was just like still denial and anger, those, those like energies for me for probably a couple of years while we kept our distance and, and you and guys, what had were your... you kind of like doing during that time? Like how, how were you? I'm going to be real. Yeah. I was, I was coping, um, in a lot of avoidant ways. You know, there's two, there's a couple different ways you can respond to emotional challenge. Uh, well, there's many different ways, but I'd say fundamentally you can lean into it with grace and really honor yourself and be like, fuck this. I, I love myself. I'm going to shine, you know, watch me shine kind mm -hmm. of like if you're in that anger phase and then you can let it fucking kill you. And I kind of went that route. I was like, it felt too hard for me to have to bear that loss. And so my, my coping mechanism was to get unconscious. Like I didn't want to be with the feelings. I started partying all the time. You know, I was, I went out and LA a lot and Vegas and all this stuff. And I was just coping by numbing. And so it was like this very dark time for me, which I'm actually really grateful for now in my life because it, it was that like fertile ground of starting over again, you know, yeah. like you go into the cave and you got to learn about yourself. And I think it really reflected a lot about how I believed, you know, my own, my own worth. It was like, instead of showing up, like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take really good care of myself. I'm going to shine as bright as I can, you know, and mm -hmm. cast the biggest shadow I can in my anger or whatever, using it as fuel for something positive. It, it, sh it showed me that I felt low and unworthy mm. and not as good at, as, and all the comparison buried me. And I allowed it to, because that's just where I was in my own self-worth. And so I can see now it felt really good to reflect on that last night and be like, wow, I don't feel that way about myself anymore. And I oh, wouldn't wow. let something, 
I would never let something bury me. You know, it, it might hurt. It might be hard to feel. And it, God knows I still have my coping mechanisms. I still might lean into a margarita or a bottle of wine when I'm feeling something difficult. Girl, same. Yeah. But, I, but I'm not going to let it crush my life. And yeah. for a while there, I kind of did. Right. But, but we grew. We grew. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I talk about this a lot because, you know, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but, you know, me and Ob split at a certain time in our relationship. And that was really hard. Like I, like you said, it's a death, right? And mm-hmm. so to me, it was, <clears throat> it was a death of what I thought my life was going to be, mm-hmm. who I thought I was. It was a death of just absolutely everything because my identity was so wrapped up in my relationship with Aubrey. Um, and so to me, it was just like, holy shit, who am I without this person? Totally. Th- that, thank you for pointing that out because that's exactly what I went through. And the truth for me was I didn't believe I was anybody without that person. Mm-hmm. So what I w- went through, that darkness, was the complete unknown. There was no shred left. Like we had entangled our lives so deeply that I didn't, I only knew my, I only loved myself through him. Mm. And that's how like, reflecting on everything, you see the perfection of these losses as opportunities to get to know yourself without outside of the context of this security container that's like, this is who you are. And actually, this is jumping ahead as well, but one of my turning points in my relationship with you was when we all came back together as friends and you guys were in the open container. And I remember he had another girlfriend and he was really leaning into that relationship mm when we were in Peru in 2016. Oh, my God. We could have had a reality show, y'all. That shit was crazy. I mean, we really still could. God. <laughs> that shit is just Eat, wild. Real world Iquitos. <laughs> real, that was bananas. But I had been removed. I still lived in Vegas. And he at this point, we were cool. We were going to parties together. And we were realizing, like, hey, we have a lot in common. Oh, my God. I like you. <laughs> yeah. We both <laughs> love to dance. We yeah. like the same music. Like we kind, no wonder he loves both of us. Right. Because we're fucking, we're both awesome. awesome. <laughs> and so we had started to open up to each other. But what really was the turning point, because I still carried my pain for a really long time. And yeah. that was because I had identified so much with it. Just like I I got, I got close to my pain instead of Aubrey. You know, mm-hmm. that was something I, I recognized when I look back. And then pain and like avoidance became my my identity for a while. But that moment when I I felt your pain, it was like, I understood exactly what you were feeling. Yeah. And it was suddenly just my heart was like, oh, I care about you. Like as a human being, as a woman and like as a friend. And it was like a a big shift. And compassion was, you know, I'm so grateful for these containers and Aubrey being the unconventional sort of person that he is, that he urged us into closeness rather than, you know, allowing us to stay in our, our stubborn energy of like identifying as the ex-girlfriend, you know, new girlfriend, um, I roles. He always urged us to be in community with each other. Mm -hmm. And because of that proximity I had, I could feel the compassion that allowed me to transform the way that I perceived you, you know, not as a, not as competition or, something other but as somebody that I deeply related to and like seeing seeing the similarities in each other right I think that's for anybody like anyone in your life is like where are we similar instead of where are we trying to compete with one another and like heighten the competition instead of like where can we be sisters and allies and friends 
in this kind of crazy container. One thing that comes up that I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but it was the first time that Ob and I broke up. I went down to Peru by myself. You had just left Spirit Quest. Mm -hmm. And did you do Aya and Wachuma? I just just did Aya. Oh, you just did Aya. Okay, so I just did Wachuma. And that was my first solo, well, that was my first solo trip out of the country, one. And my first time really doing plant medicine. Me too. Like yeah. it, by myself. I had right, done Iboga myself. with Aubrey. Yeah. I'd never done it. I'd never done anything of that depth. I'd never done ayahuasca. It was my first ayahuasca journey. And <clears throat> we passed like ships in the night. And Aubrey had helped us plan that, uh, you know, he was like the the point of contact with Don Howard. Yep. And um, I had to get back for work. And so we might have seen each other, but it wasn't our time yet yeah. to really, really connect. But it was a, it was a funny energy, like having that knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you guys had just split up for the first time. I we think. had just split up. Right. And that was like that because we, we were talking about being in the open relationship container. And I was like, no, I can't do that. I don't want that. And that's when mm-hmm. I felt like, holy, like everything is changing. Everything's dying. I go on this trip and I come back from this trip and everything's completely different, you know? And it's wow. like, whoa. Um, but I remember going down there and I, I was like really scared to go down, obviously. <laughs> I mean, you're in the middle of the jungle on like the Amazon. Yeah, and y'all, it is. It is deep. You're surrounded by God knows what. And you're about to take a psychedelic hallucinogenic drug that you have no idea what it's gonna feel like no idea um but i remember i was sitting on the dock and you had sent me a text message i can't remember what the text message was but basically the theme of it was hey i know this is like a challenging time for you and i know this is your first plant medicine ceremony wanted to like send love and support Mm -hmm. and something like that and like that moment has always stuck with me forever and it's like i feel like that was at least for me and and potentially for you, but for me, it held a lot of weight because it was like, oh, wow, like, okay, this is somebody who is like sending support and love regardless of what, you know, labels are put on us from society. It's like outside of the, the our physical, our physicality or like in this physical realm, there's, there's really something deeper here. Mm-hmm. And that's what like sparked, mm. sparked it for me. Yeah, that brings up a couple um a couple of thoughts for me just one being well for one at that point I had kind of come out of my dark denial period it had been a couple of years at that point where I was living in Vegas and so for me I I had recognized that that like she's not going away. We're not getting back together, (laughs) you know, like, and also I knew that you guys were going through this transition because he and I remained friends to the degree that we could. Um, and we got closer and closer as time softened everything as well. Um, but I, I started to just open up to like, okay, well, they're staying together. We aren't together. Do I really want to cut this person being Aubrey for one out of my life entirely? you know, just because he has a new partner. Mm -hmm. Like, that's insane to me. Like, we shared so much. We were best friends. We lived together. And now I'm gonna, I have a choice. I can build a wall and pretend that and never enter back into that world or I can open up to it and, and reconnect. And I wanted that. I wanted to reconnect. I wanted to be in my community too, you know, here in Austin and 
Um, and I could see how, what he loved about you, you know, as much as I wanted to like deny it all. And it, so I had opened up at that point to make little gestures to show, you know, softness and to show openness. And that was the choice that I'm, I'm proud of myself for making. And, um, but also the, for me, there was no other way. Yeah. There's not an option there. It's just not how I operate where I'm going to, I'm always going to adapt in for the sake of love and, and closeness with the relationships that really matter to me. So I'm so happy that you felt that. And yeah, and I remember that very vividly as well. Just that whole experience. Like for me, I'd been in the, I, from my experiences, I'd been in the darkest world in Vegas and I was losing myself. Like it mm. became my own, my own odyssey where it was like fucking whatever about Aubrey. Now you've, now you got to rebuild your life. Which got, she's writing a book about. By yes, the way, I am. I actually, hey, we're hey, both calling each other out. Got you, girl. <laughs> you call me out. I call you out. <laughs> I did write. I wrote a manuscript in 2015 about this period of my life, and um, I'm looking forward to bringing it into the world very soon uh, with some finishing touches. Caitlin a- is like an insane <laughs> writer, oh, you guys. You. Like, <laughs> go to her Instagram and read her captions, and like, she's gonna start posting poetry that she writes Ooh, she on there. It's true. And it's, true. it's just like, it's absolutely Thank beautiful you. and it's, remarkable and it just hits you straight in the feels. Thank you. It's, it, you know, that's what, like for me, we all, we, when we have these dark moments, we get to create art from it if we're willing to. Like think of, for a poet, like they, everything's, everything is material. Yeah. For just sitting on the, you know, curb outside staring at a tree. There's a poem there. If you want it to be. Right. So I, I didn't realize this, but in that dark phase, I was, I was, you know, gathering material for my work. And um, when I got on that boat in the Amazon, my flight was delayed. So I got in at night. I was by myself. The water's black. Yeah. You know, they just have like a they flashlight. They don't speak English. Basically. They have one flashlight in the dark. It's true. And I remember thinking, I remember having this vivid thought that was like, if I died right now, I'd be happier than if I lived, continued living oh, wow. in the life I've been living. So it was a big moment of like, no more, yeah. no more. And so I went through that um, there and it was a big turning point for both of us. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it also like to go back to what you said, you know, beyond the physicality, there are bigger forces in my belief system at work here. And the fact that Aubrey being the catalyst for our connection, whatever the case may be, like we, we can't deny ourselves the importance, like the, we are both important enough to look at our relationship, even if mm-hmm. it's be only through challenge or like, if you think about like the people that challenge you the most, you're, they're part of your soul's path That's of right. awakening. Yeah. Like, and we had our own soul agreement to come into each other's lives and wrestle things up and change things and challenge each other so we could grow. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've started to give just as much you know, appreciation and respect to as any other relationship, you know, and and now looking at where we've come, it's like very obvious. Like there was so much waiting for us on the other side of that. No, absolutely. I mean, we, we in this physical body, like made it happen with our minds and everything. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, like you said, our souls were like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. You know, like this is really good for us. It's really good for like the collective consciousness of the world, you know, like let's go and let's learn and let's see. Um, but for people who are listening to this and who are kind of like feeling maybe the same way, maybe they just got out of a relationship, maybe their boyfriend or fiance or husband is now starting to see somebody else. 
How did you go from, you know, being split up with Ob and then dealing with all of the emotions that come with being with me at that time and going in Vegas and diving into that whole kind of like shadow world to wanting to be friends with him? You know, well, I did, I touched on this a bit, but I'll dive into it more. Um, for me, I noticed as much as I wanted to push him away and make him a villain, like it felt like a part of me was missing even as I started to rebuild with my own identity, it was like, I, I just, I feel such a soul connection, so much gratitude. He brought in so much, so much conscious awareness, you know, like the, just the openness and knowledge of these plant technologies and different explorations of consciousness and travel and all of these things. And it was like, at the end of the day, if I could take away the, the bitterness and the grief. There was so much gratitude there. It was like, I want to lean into rebuilding this relationship in a new way, whatever that looks like, because my my overarching feeling for you is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we, now granted, sometimes people get really, really hurt. Yeah. And sometimes people do really, really bad things that hurt other people, you know, but I don't actually like to use the word, you know, good and bad too much, but let's be real. Sometimes shit happens and it fucking sucks. Right. And someone might be listening to this. that's had their heart broken in a really devastating or gross way. Yeah. And 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 that that can cause trauma. Trauma. Really, that's what it boils down to. That's a beautiful point. Um, What I'm referring to is something that causes trauma. And, you know, it's it's by no means an easy task to just say, oh, love and light. And like, mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, right. I got, let me look at the gratitude and Peace, overlook bro. all this pa- pain that you caused me. So for me, my journey has really been of growth in this, in all of these relationship containers has been finding the edge of self-honoring and, and leaning in, like mm. finding, you know, because you have to honor yourself. And I didn't always do a great job of that. Um, if you're feeling grief and you need to have your grief period, have it. Like if you feel like you need a boundary for a while in your relationship and maybe that's years, but give that to yourself. Oh my God, for sure. But also let it be a a malleable boundary that is, that has room for growth and evolution Mm -hmm. as you grow, because the person that made that boundary two years ago might not have the same boundary. And sometimes we get stuck on the person that we used to be, and we don't give our honor ourselves going like, oh, you, hey, you've grown a lot. And maybe you're powerful enough to forgive. And maybe you're powerful enough to hold your trauma and nurture your trauma yourself and not not harden into identification of blame. Like you yeah. caused me this trauma. Once the trauma happens, you know, there's a lot of um there's a lot of work written around this kind of framework, which is in a moment somebody can hurt you for sure. Mm-hmm. As soon as that moment is over, that trauma is your responsibility to nurture and heal and be tender to and give your boundaries to, and it becomes yours, but you don't have to stay in that place of victimization where the person, you know, hurt hurt you. And like, and the person continues to hurt you by your own permission. So yeah. for as long as after that trauma happens and you're in, you're in blame mode and, vict- and victim identity, then you're allowing that person to have dominion over your sovereign ability to enjoy your life, your ability to heal. And so I didn't have this awareness at the time. Um, And that's why it took me a lot, I think, a lot longer to be soft and open up 
to the relationship than it might now. That doesn't mean I wouldn't still experience trauma or be in pain in a new relationship and have to have some boundaries and grieve for a while. But I wouldn't probably be as rigid with it and go into such a dark place now Mm -hmm. because I would have more capacity to self-nurture and to own my experience from that point forward and not to keep giving the person power. And one beautiful thing about mine and Ob's relationship was it had a very um, clear boundary from when we split. We've never had any intimacy since then. There was no messy like we're still going to hook up. Right. And, we're, and so I, I think a lot of people see our relationships and think like, oh, we're all having these like orgies. Huge and- orgies. Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck we're no. not. And that's, and that helped it, helped it evolve to a lot. So I think like for me, it's it, for anybody who's listening, you know, finding that edge of self-honoring with openness and willingness to, to grow is, is a really, um, it's a great orientation to have as you navigate. And also grief. sounds like you're saying, you know, like also have your boundaries. Like, Oh, absolutely. Uh, but know that like, okay, in this moment, this is how I'm feeling right now. And I'm going to honor myself and stand in my own power to say like, right now I can't, maybe I can't talk to you mm-hmm. for a week, two weeks, three months, whatever it is, you know, and be like, I really need to take some time to heal right now. I can't follow you on social media right now. I can't do this, but know that you do have the power, like you said, of forgiveness and to allow that mm-hmm. to like lean into it. Like you, we are so much like more powerful than we even think. Right. And we put these, like, we put ourselves in these cages of like, we think it's safer in there, but it's uncomfortable in there. And it's yeah. like, God dang it. I just want to break out of it. Yes. And you know, that's, um, well, one thing that came up as you were speaking was I remembered Makad. Our friend Makad Brooks, mm-hmm. uh, love him. Hey, he's Makad. gonna be on the he's gonna be on the show too. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, good. You guys are in for a treat. Um, yeah, he told me through this process. He said, "True forgiveness says thank you," and I was like, "Wow, that's really big." Because you can notice when you're getting to a place of forgiveness that that you can start to lean into growth mm-hmm. if you're starting to feel that gratitude. And that's something right. I can recognize in hindsight was it started to shift from bitterness to gratitude. Yeah, that's and huge. it's like, oh, here's the window to lean in. Now let's get closer mm-hmm. because I I can I can handle this. And one barometer for self-honoring versus, you know, compromise, I think, is if you have an interaction with somebody and you feel lower afterwards, you might have not honored your boundary. Right. Like it might feel like, ugh, I feel icky now. Yep. Like that means I compromised myself. But if you have a conversation with somebody and you feel empowered and you're like, wow, that felt really good to finally talk to this person that I've been walling out of my life. Hey, there's empowerment there. There's openness there. It's, I think that's a little indicator that like lean in, lean in. Sure. That's what I say. I mean, I completely agree with you and it's all about like, follow your energy, like Mm -hmm. follow what happens to your energy when you're around certain people. Um, like, you know, I have a, a great girlfriend of mine who's going through a split up and and she feels so much happier when she's not talking to this specific person. And then she talks to this person, she feels like shit. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, this is this is beautiful, actually, because you have a direct like course to see exactly where you should go and where you maybe shouldn't go because yeah. you haven't set up that boundary. Uh, I feel better when I'm living my life and I'm doing the things that I really want to be doing and and like 
pumping myself up. If I'm around this person and I feel like my energy is, you know, just like tanking and then I'm sad, I'm upset and, you know, I, I don't have those high vibes and it, it it flows into other areas of my life. It's like, there's your boundary. Boom. Like <laughs> there could not be a bigger sign for you. And that's like, I think that's really exciting in a certain way because so many people go through their life thinking that they don't know what to do. Like they're stuck and I don't know what, I don't know where to go or what to say or how to act or any of that. And it's just like, just follow your energy. Beautiful. Your energy is going to tell you everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there was a lot of trial and error. I mean, it's been an eight year journey. Sometimes I had those feelings where it didn't feel as good, but honestly for us, and I think it's, it's been a little like invitation towards closeness for you and I, every step I made into, into love and into forgiveness always felt, generally felt pretty good. Mm -hmm. It felt liberating. It yeah. felt like I'm stepping out of my cage of pain. Mm -hmm. And that was, that helped me just keep following that energy to where we are now. And, um, and again, yeah, I think for anybody listening, like you, we're all going to have different scenarios, right? We're very fortunate in, in what's been calling us forward together as friends. It's something big. And Sometimes people are your teachers in loss and sometimes people are your teachers in harder ways. And that doesn't mean that there's there's any less of importance to the relationship. There could be, you know, somebody that's like, it's going to be, it's going to make you feel like shit every time you talk to this person. <laughs> yeah. And until you accept that there's a boundary there and you love yourself enough to have the final willingness to say goodbye to the relationship for good you're going to have to keep learning the same lesson over and over again. Right. And you can just learn about what the relationship has to offer you through that process. So it's been a, it's, it gets kind of fascinating and you can, I think curiosity is a really beautiful perspective to bring into any of these relationship experiences, because it's just like when it's, when it's all for you and it's all teaching you something, no matter what direction it's in and you get curious about it, then you get your power back. Because right. you become the like investigator of like yeah. this, oh my this is what's happening in my emotional body. It's not I'm and as the curious observer of it, I'm not identified with it, so it's I'm not losing myself in mm -hmm. it. It's kind of like you're watching a movie almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like something that I would work with my clients on a lot is like, okay, when you are in an emotionally heightened place, and I've talked about this a lot, um, but it's like checking into your physical body. Like your physical body will give you the answers that you really want before your mind can go run amok and come up with all these crazy mm -hmm. scenarios and assumptions and whatever, but like check into your physical body. What do you feel? Where do you feel a sensation? Where do you feel tightness? Where do you feel heat? Where do you feel anxiousness? Where do you feel pressure? And start to really tap in and you're, and, and you will get the answers from there. And, and that's being really curious, like, huh, interesting wow, I feel like a lot of pressure in my solar plexus. Okay, maybe I, for some reason, don't feel safe within this container right now. But am I safe? Like, let me make sure. Yes, I'm safe. So what story am I creating around this person or this place that's making me feel like I either have to fight or I have to flight? Whoa, yes, that's so beautiful. It's funny you mentioned that because before I got here, I was looking on Instagram and I saw a photo of somebody that I don't see a lot anymore. And it's, even though in my mind, your mind will can be in one place, your body is still often in response to the environment mm -hmm. in a way that isn't aligned with your mind necessarily. You might be learning and growing and do, doing coaching and, you know, reading all the books and you feel like, yeah, I get it. Like, here I am. 
I'm growing. Universe and is like, it, are you sure? And Let's your see. body is just going <laughs> to tell you like, no, I'm still back here. Yeah. Like I still feel, I still feel fight, flight, freeze. And I still feel like a, a hot flush come over my body when I see this person. So it's, it. then you get curious. Go like, can I, how can I nurture my body, my emotional body to align to where my mind is now? Or how can I bring awareness to my mind of what's actually still present for my body and yeah. honor that and like find that sweet balance between mm-hmm the mind and the body and on the path of growth, always leaning into love, but also being aware and honoring of where we are now. Yeah. I'm curious, um, since we're both sharing our experiences, like you went, you ended up going through very similar, even though you and Aubrey were in the open container, which was its own whole, like, Oh Lord. Oh my goodness. You know, (laughs) just its own, its own whole different world that I never experienced. Um, but, but you experienced similar processes of grief and release and, you know, kind of over and over Mm -hmm. again. And like how I've got, I've been able to witness your grace with a lot of admiration, um, just going, wow, look at how strong she is, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that helped me continue to deepen my love for you and my, my appreciation and how we can also, we both have, we're both so similar and so different in a lot of different (laughs) ways. Um, and so I, you've been a great teacher for me and I just, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear more about like what, what you learned in relation to me as things kind of unfolded in your journey. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that as we were talking a little bit, you know, like through the open container and I've talked about this a lot. It, it, it really allowed me to take off a lot of my armor, but it also caused a lot of trauma for me too, because I would do things that I wasn't ready for. And I would just push and power through and be like, no, I'm going to fucking do this, you know? <laughs> I don't care how bad it hurts. I don't care. And then I also went through the stage of you know, of distraction and intoxication because that was the only way that I knew how to handle it. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be at home by myself crying when Aubrey was with somebody else because I didn't really want him to be with somebody else. So what would I do? I would numb Number myself, <laughs> you know? And I was really good at that. And I had some really great times. But then I started to realize like, ooh, wow, the hangover the next day is actually way worse and I'm not able to process the emotions that are coming up. And so actually I do believe that alcohol and numbing and distraction can be medicine for a little while, Mm -hmm. for a hot moment, because no doubt it was for me. But then I realized, oh wait, there's a tipping point here to where it's actually becoming poison. And that goes for anything. Like anything is medicine and at a certain point can become poison in your life. Absolutely. And that's kind of the tipping point that I went through. And then I started realizing, okay, the only way that I can feel comfortable and and love, you know, my relationship and love myself enough was to go inward and see why I was feeling these ways, like getting getting really curious and mm-hmm. working with, you know, Dr. Dan Engel and doing plant medicines and ceremonies and like all of these things that um, I had to deal with. And, and there are multiple times that I had to lean into the relationship to a certain extent, as well as release the Mm. relationship. And so it was very fluid to where I'm a very like consistent person. And like Aubrey's always said that he's like, you you just, you're consistent. Like I'm kind of the same all of the time, (laughs) you know, like I am what what I am. And he's very fluid and flowy. And like, I was talking to like a, um, I don't know if it was a median or a medium or I don't know who it was, but basically they were saying like Aubrey I'm like the oak tree. Mm -hmm. I'm like there, you know, I'm not going anywhere (laughs) and I'm not really moving much. And he's like, 
the the leaves on the oak tree and then they just like flap around all over the place. <laughs> I you wish know you guys I mean? could see your hands right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like one of those, what are those things that you do? The, the little blow up animals? The blow up things by the car lot. So yeah. Like, oh, you can't see our arms, but <laughs> you guys can imagine. <laughs> but yeah, and so that was like me realizing how kind of I had to bring more fluidity and, and grace into, you know, my life through this relationship because I had to let it go a lot of the times because I didn't know if we were going to be together, we weren't going to be together. And I remember there are multiple times that I had some really hard times and I wanted, you were the person that I reached out to. Why? Because she knew Aubrey in the, a way that no one else did. There was no one else that I could speak to that really understood who he was as a person mm -hmm. and how he acted in relationships. And yes, they were friends, but you were also there to support me, which I'm sure was an interesting place for you to be in because like your ex and you're like starting to build this friendship with him. And then you're starting to build this friendship with me. And I'm like, uh, Caitlin, help me. I don't know what to do. Like I, I'm, I don't have anyone to talk to and I need to talk to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, well, you know, that it was, it's always felt good. Like close closeness for me has always felt good. Um, separation and loss has been something that I've had to work on having grace in, um, and just trusting that there's a bigger picture and that things will flow when they're supposed to flow if they are. But so the closeness always felt good. And also I think that, that empathy that we could share, that deep understanding of one another, it, it gave meaning to my experiences too. And as human beings, we, we look for meaning and connection and, mm. and deep empathy because we want, we don't want to feel alone in our experiences. So for me to get to hold you in moments of uncertainty, and also you're a really strong woman. So for you to mm. have a moment where you're soft and you need help, it's like, oh, wow. Like you, I, you became more relatable to me. You became, yeah. we became closer and, um, and you recognize that you can, you can hold anyone, like even the person that once challenged you the most and, and how redeeming that feels. Yeah. It's so restorative. It feels like, um, like it's not all about him and it's not all about pain. It's about, there's, there's more for us here. It's really complex and interesting. And we're here for each other as human beings. And that's an opportunity we all have to just kind of reserve that space of openness to be receptive to the people in our lives that once challenged us with the awareness and the boundary of, you know, their intentions or whatever the case may be. But thankfully, you and I have had, um, I think we could sense the cleanness of each other's intentions. Right. We've, we've, we've both been loving and willing to lean into those growth edges. And yeah, it was, it was an interesting it was an interesting journey. And we've got, we both got to hold each other in our own ways, you For know, sure. me being like really attached in, in relationships afterwards and you being like, girl, get Not know, out of it. <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on. You know, teaching me strength, teaching me grace, like the grace to, to, to respect yourself enough to have a boundary. That's something Ooh. that took a long time for me to cultivate. And I still am working on it. And you still teach me a lot through that. No. And, I, and I witnessed that with you and Aubrey. It's like, it's like, damn, look at her grace. You know, there's, there's strength, there's such strength in that. And what can I learn from it? And um, yeah, it's just been, it's just been a, re a remarkably interesting path uh, that I feel very grateful for, for sure. And then from there, like outside of even, you know, the relationships that we've had, but like building sisterhood, you know, like straight 
up. We're going to be in each other's lives for forever, you know, and I have like no doubts about that whatsoever. And I feel like if anything comes up, we can sit down and have a conversation and, and move through that. And I think that's really beautiful because you and I, we have a great group of, of sisters, you know, and I think I would love to talk a little bit about that because, you know, all of us have our own intricate relationships that have overlapped at times and haven't and with the whole open container and whatever else. But just kind of like dive into what do you think is the importance of 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 sisterhood, of girl tribe, of having these oh, women wow. that yeah. you can really rely on and hold each other's hand through through the good and the bad. Well, there that gave me goosebumps as you were talking about it. I mean, for one, I it's kind of a funny parallel now that I'm thinking about it because our girl group is like five girls that were. I mean, we have we all have other friends too, but we have this really strong little girl tribe that has come together um, with Aubrey as a nucleus to some degree, just because that's how we met. But the relationships themselves have taken on their own life in this really like supernova kind of energy mm-hmm. where we come together and it's just, it's empowering, it's it's revitalizing. And I had four sisters growing up. So sisterhood has been a, and now I have four girl tribe sisters, you know, <laughs> it's, it's cool to recognize that in this moment. But Sisterhood has always been, whether I was conscious of it or not, a really important part of my life. And um, I don't know who I would be without it. I think it's helped me cultivate that softness and Mm -hmm. openness and compassion. And when I share that with other women, so much just comes to life and it's so expansive. And really, like, one thing to keep in mind um, is there is collective, there's collective grief for women. You know, we've all... um, you know, it's very reminiscent of that video that I watched last night. Beyonce's Lemonade. It's very hard to watch, y'all, but um, you can watch it on title. Very empowering, but it brings her. the The vein of it is all about like what women have compromised and endured for a relationship, because that was just the paradigm that that kind of has run consistent throughout history. Mm-hmm. Because of you know, like there's it's a it's been a male dominant world for human beings. Yeah, and when we I think something that's so exciting for women when they find true sisterhood is it's it's it, it frees us in our sovereign in our power as women to really like make those gifts of what it is to be a woman meaningful and they make a difference and we're really like the the blood life of this planet. I mean, we are the energy of mother earth. Mm-hmm. We are nourishing and when we share that together it it restores the world. It really does. Like we are, we're bringing healing to our lineage. We're bringing healing to our, you know, what, what we're caring from our mothers. What we feel, we're so empathetic as women. We take on energy often from our environment. You right. know, we feel each other, and that actually, that sensitivity, I think, creates grounds for even more of the jealousy and some of the stuff, the fiery emotions that come up for women, like the shadow side of femininity, which is like rageful or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, jealous or possessive, you know, because we're so sensitive to the energies of other people. We can feel our partner's attraction Mm -hmm. to another woman. Right. We can feel that, that, that primal competition that happens. And so instead of feeling into the things that are empowering, sometimes we'll latch onto the energies that feel threatening because we got to protect ourselves or whatever. And sometimes we can get stuck in that. So when you have sisterhood, you recognize that we're all on the same team. We are all one. And 
all of that melts away and all of those beautiful, vibrant parts of feminine energy get stronger and, you know, light, like holding many candles together, it just gets brighter and brighter. So yeah, we're very fortunate that we've all had the willingness to lean in and be be like, screw all this stuff with the guys. Like, let's, let's focus on our community, our tribe that is all about, you know, the female empowerment and the beautiful inherent gifts that we have as women and make them brighter. Oh God, I love that so much. And it's just so true and so exciting because honestly, for me, I didn't really have girlfriends growing up because it was in just straight competition mode constantly all the time. You know, as an only child, I have two half brothers, but we didn't grow up together. So I was just like full competition until I got into an open relationship. And I realized like, okay, if I compete with other women, it's only going to make me more upset and and more competitive and play that comparison game, which is complete hell. And I think for, you know, a lot of people listening, if you can see somebody else, if you can, and this goes for men too, anywhere there's like a competition or a comparison game at play, if you see somebody else, like, let me just see them and as if they were actually my friend. Like, if this was my friend, how would I treat them? This is my sister. How would I treat yeah. them? This is my brother. How would I treat them? And, and try this to is take, my daughter. This is my daughter. Yeah, mm-hmm. son, whatever it is. Like, if you can strip away just for a minute some of the the ego and the fear and the pain and the competition and whatever's there, if you can strip away just for a minute, just play a little game and see how you would respond to that person if they were your, if they were your friend or sister or daughter or son. Yeah. And see how you would go from there. I love that exercise. It's act, it is so neutralizing. It, even just as you say it, and I I can do like a quick mental scan of all the people in my life and go, yeah. oh, daughter, sister, you know, like none of that shit matters. Yeah. And that's really what we essentially are to each other. Mm-hmm. We're family, the whole, all of humanity. Right. And we just can't see it because we're locked in like, this is mine. And my anything outside of my identity is terrifying. So I'm gonna hold on to this, to this idea of who I am and who you are. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make you that be that person. Right. No, that's not that's not the full picture. No, it's not. And you know, I think coming kind of like full circle through our entire relationship here. You know, we are in a place now to, like you said, we're homies, like straight up best friends, sisters. We're gonna be able to get through anything 100. percent And we're, both of us are here to help and inspire and expand femininity, you know, and women. And, you know, we were planning on hosting a retreat in May together, which is going to be absolutely amazing. But, you know, with the pandemic and everything that's happening today, unfortunately, we're going to have to postpone that. But it is happening. But it is (laughs) happening. It is happening. And it's going to be epic. And maybe maybe this was some sort of divine intervention that maybe May wasn't the right time. I don't know. Like when we went to the jungle, but missed each other by a day. (laughs) Absolutely. And so just know that that is something that will happen Hopefully sometime in 2020, if not 2021. Um, We're going to say 2020. I'm going to manifest that right now. But I'll say like when we put that together, Free the Wild Woman is the name of our retreat. I'm really, really excited to um, collaborate with you on that. I just had this like this beautiful moment of arrival where I was like, wow, like look at us. Look at us. Like if you told the, the 2012 me, 
that in, or me or her <laughs> either of us would be like nah like <laughs> no okay way. you're batshit crazy there's no way in hell that one i'm gonna be friends with her two that we're gonna host a women's retreat together, together. <laughs> N- names side by side whitney miller and caitlin howe like yeah. wow how beautiful is life and that's the kind of surprises that are waiting for you on the other side of fear and on the other side of grief and you need to you know we all need to honor our process and yeah. our journey's going to be what it is. It's going to have its divine timing. But on the other side of that challenge, lean in knowing that there's surprises waiting for you there on the other side of your growth and and your expansion. And every little step you take while you honor yourself to lean into those soft boundaries and stay open and love and reorient to people in a different way calls forward the potential that's waiting for you in love. And that's really exciting to me. And I, you know, we we both have uh, hosted workshops at the Fit for Service mm-hmm. um, community that Aubrey and I both coach in now. Uh, our relationship's been a great evolution, as has yours and Aubrey's been like an extraordinary evolution and continues to be. Um, but I, it's been really cool to feel the shift go from one point feeling jealous and threatened to just watching you shine Aww. and be like, wow, <laughs> look at her you. shine. And it's me shining with her, Yeah, you know, and that's, that's what we share now. So, uh, fuck yeah. Thank you to this universe and our, and all of us ourselves for the work that we've done to get to this place. It's, yeah. And it's, 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 beautiful. it's, it truly is beautiful because as you say, you know, it's beautiful to watch me shine in, in my belief system, it's only a reflection of how shiny you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. like each person, the more that you, you know, take off some of that fear, look at the fear, look, peek behind the curtain and see what's back there and move through it, the shinier you get, which means the, the shinier, the more people that you get to touch and they get to mm-hmm. like flourish and expand and live this. I mean, we're in a playground. Yeah. We have the best playground and we get to play and enjoy and love. And as women, when we feel in our, with our empathetic nature, when we feel that love shining back from another person, we just get brighter and brighter. That's right. So we all really empower each other and it's a beautiful thing to experience. Mm. Well, Caitlin, I think that's a perfect place to uh, end. Thank you so, so, so much for, you know, being one of my greatest teachers and sisters and allies in this life. Likewise. Love you. Let me do, girl. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yay. Super exciting news, you guys. I am hosting an all-women's retreat in Nosara, Costa Rica in May. I want you to go visit Revamp Retreats to get more information on that, but it's going to be absolutely amazing. It's in one of my favorite places in the world, Nosara, Costa Rica, and I'm hosting it with one of my best, best, best friends, Caitlin Howe. It's all about bringing a really cool group of girls together and women together to bond and share an amazing experience to grow and transform. And you know what? Have some fun while we're doing it. So check out Revamp Retreats and find out more information. Hope to see you there. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, it would help us a lot if you would leave a review. Yeah, leave a review, subscribe. We want to know how you guys felt about the episode. It really helps us out a lot to continue the success of the podcast and keep spreading our message.